this life ain't for everybody. We all know the meaning of that. We're not saying that we live any more of a special life than you do. We're just saying that all walks of life are welcome. You never know uh, who you're going to meet. You can't judge a book by its cover. You can't assume that makes an ass out of you and me. And uh, through hunting and through our brand banded, we always worked on the words of uh, hunting is the common denominator that brings all these different walks of life together. And I still truly believe that. And I've got to meet a lot of different walks of life that uh, I never would have been able to meet if it weren't for a mallard duck and our passion for duck camp and chasing that migration from north to south, east to west. And that's what we continue to do. And uh, humbled by the, the growth and strength of this podcast, the diversity in guests, we got some awesome guests coming up that we're very excited about. We'll be letting those out of the bag. And we just like to change it up. Right now, we're on this duck call kick with our partner, Jargon Duck Calls, and we're going to do another one on that. We're going to get into more of the actual vocalizations of a mallard duck, a hen mallard duck, and what we can do on these Jargon Game Calls, the loudmouth, the small talk, the icebreaker, available at jargongamecalls.com, which is one of the sponsors of today's episode. Jargon Game Calls, guys, we know what jargon means by now, don't we? The specialized vocabulary amongst a group of people, and we feel that we need to get back to conversing, conversation, transparency, honesty, sitting across a table and talking to somebody, not instant messaging and texting all the time, picking up that rotary phone and dialing it, waiting for the nine to come back. You know, remember how long it used to take? I'm 44, probably older than some of you listening, not all of you listening, but... um. Things are definitely evolving, and we're evolving with them. No ignorance involved in that at all, but we want to uh, get back to talking, conversing, and uh, we are building our brand on that theme and the commitment to uh, communication, vocabulary, learning how to talk, having good diction, good grammar, and that's hard to say that, Chris, and we have good grammar when the name of this podcast is This Life Ain't For Everybody, but... (laughs) That's the way it goes. So today's episode, jargongamecalls.com. They're a great partner of ours here at the podcast, as well as The Foul Life. They're the official duck call of Benelli's The Foul Life. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at the North American Whitetail Championship. $300 gets you entered to win for your chance to qualify for that grand prize winning of $50,000 cash money, all archery, all the time. 14 regions across America and Canada. Go to nawtc.com. Get entered for $300. Get your prize package already valued at more than that initial $300 with the Tacticam, a Gator Coolers Tumbler Cup, Peep Sights, Broadheads, bunch of different things are going to be in there, guys. It's a great value for the $300. Plus, you're entered in for your chance to qualify and win that grand prize of, again, $50,000. All archery. Let's stay ethical. Let's stay safe. Let's stay legal. And um, tell them that the Foul Life crew sent you. Go to their Instagram page, NAWChamp, and follow along with them. Go to their Facebook page. Go to their website, NAWTC.com. Their title sponsors, Michael Waddell's Bone Collector. We're proud to be a part of it. We're excited to see what comes out of it in 2019. You have until the end of October to sign up. So get after it, and good luck to all of you. And last but not least, today's episode is brought to you by the one and only the baddest ass shotguns ever to grace the hands of a duck hunter quail hunter pheasant hunter upland hunter doesn't matter what you hunt benelli benelli usa the new super black eagle 3 is a bad to the bone shotgun both in left-handed and right-hand models 
The M220 gauge, both in left-handed and right-hand models. I love shooting ducks on the timber with a 20 gauge, don't you, Chris? The Ethos is a bad gun to hit. Oh, the Ethos is bad. And it's um, it's an unbelievable gun in 28 gauge, 20 gauge, 12 gauge. I love the Ethos. I love the 828U. I love the 828 Sport. Everything Benelli does is perfection, guys. They're made in Italy. They're distributed here in the States by Benelli USA out of Maryland, out of the Baltimore area of Maryland. And they are the title sponsor of the Foul Life going on the seventh year as our title sponsor. And we couldn't be more proud to have Benelli as our main sponsor of everything we do. And knowing that when we pull up on a mallard duck in the timber or marsh or an oxbow or the Arkansas River, the Missouri River, the Mississippi River, the Snake River, the Columbia River, doesn't matter where we're hunting, we know it's going to go bang, bang, bang three times, even though we don't always need three shots. Chris does, even if it's a single. But the Benelli, rest assured, is going to shoot three times. It doesn't matter if you're shooting two and three quarters, three inch, three and a half inch. We prefer the federal premium black cloud through our Benelli's. And sounds like we're saying a lot of brands there, but we're just telling you in confidence that we rely on that because we work our asses off way too hard and way too much to have that opportunity present itself and then have something happen to where that gun jams or that ammo doesn't perform or we cripple a bird. We believe in ethical hunting, no cripples, but when we do get a cripple, we depend on our dogs. And uh, we have some badass dogs here at The Foul Life and can't wait for you to see them on upcoming episodes of The Foul Life Season 11 airing right now, only on the Outdoor Channel, exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. Benelli's The Foul Life. We're airing right now, July through December, Season 11. Check it out. It's going to get the blood flowing. Trust me, Chris, you watched an episode with me last night. We yeah. were up in uh, Alberta with Take em Outfitters with Clay and Crystal Charlton, and the jargon duck calls were on there. I mean, we were in the panel blinds calling mallards. What'd you think? Did I, I already know. I already know I don't sound like a duck, but <laughs> did it get you excited at all to see me using a jargon call and hearing it and seeing the results? Yeah, I mean, it wanted to make me go hunt. That's the biggest thing. If, if a television show makes you want to go hunt after you get finished watching it, it's done its job, in my opinion. You know, the shots the steel shots that y'all had it to where y'all all of a sudden just stopped the mallards and it was for one split second you just kind of sit there and and really just look over of what god's creation is is coming into the into the hole it's unbelievable it really is that's what i love about it is the mallard duck is you can't control them as much as you try you can't control them you can't high fence them you know they're wild always wild they would probably be able to fly over a high fence <laughs> I would think so. What when you look I don't at know the, how you can control them? To be honest, when with you me. look at that, when you talk about controlling the mallard duck, and then you look at some of the things that we've done, and we merely exist in a duck's world. When you see that that handhold, we've talked about that before. The duck's foot holding the earth. Does is that true to you? Because it is to me. I mean, do they run your world? I know you have kids. I know you have a wife, and I know you got a no, job. No, they do. But they dictate everything you do, right? They do. Any anybody that's a duck hunter while you're duck hunting the whole time you're thinking you know of course you're you're taking it in you know and you're enjoying yourself but you can't help but think hey look where am i going to hunt tomorrow where am i going to hunt the next day you know it's just you can't get enough of it that's what's so awesome about it the boat ride in the boat ride out you know throwing the decoys out you know sitting with your friends talking with your friends i mean just everything that's what's so awesome about duck hunting is is that you know, is everybody comes together from different parts. There's people that I haven't even haven't seen all year long 
and they show up during duck season and we all come together and just enjoy God's creation enjoy you know having each other and building friendships I mean like you said the amount of friendships that you've gained over the years of duck hunting is is truly incredible yeah I think it is and I think that we take it for granted sometimes because we, 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 get, we get so spoiled with our privilege to hunt in this country and we don't a lot of places don't have that privilege of hunting and you go to brazil mm-hmm. there's a lot of ducks in brazil you're not allowed to have a gun in brazil you're not allowed to hunt you got to go to argentina the ducks fly south from brazil into argentina and you can hunt them down there but we take it for granted and we we have to protect this freedom we have to protect this privilege we have to be stewards of the land we have to be responsible hunters and gatherers and fishers and conservationists the compassion that we show for the animals the respect that we show for the animals and their habitat the future generations getting involved the monies that we raise to to put more elk on the mountain or more turkeys in the woods or more ducks in the flyways there's so much that hunters do through federal duck stamp programs or federal banding programs or Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Mule Deer Foundation, North American Wild Sheep Foundation, NWTF, the North, you know, the National Wild Turkey Federation, Quells Unlimited, Pheasant Unlimited, Ducks Unlimited, Delta Waterfowl, California Waterfowl Association here in Reno, Nevada, or in California, Nevada Waterfowl Association here. I mean, it's evident that hunters care. And that's what's so cool is that we get to go out there and enjoy and, and reap the uh, rewards of our benefits. But even if we didn't shoot a duck, still love being out there. And that's what I love about it is that I don't like, there's not a lot of hunters that get pissed off if they don't kill them. And if they do, then you're just like, all right, we're, we're probably not going to hunt again together. But the, 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 the main thing that I'm trying to get across is that we are very, very lucky to have this privilege and to be able to work in this industry with Bandit and the Foul Life and Avery, Greenhead Gear, Avery Sporting Dog, Jargon Duck Calls, all the partners that we associate ourselves with that we get to wake up to every day and work with. It's because of the mallard duck and it keeps driving us and we have no choice but to and we want to show respect to the animal and 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 pay homage to it because without it we're nothing and it's that's what that means is that they control our world because we know that you know we do get a little crazy we do life gets hectic as a duck hunter as a hunter they it will take over sometimes chasing ducks chasing turkeys chasing deer fishing whatever they control our world in a lot of ways but they do in a matter that we want to give back to them we don't go out to murder a duck we don't go out to just kill and pull the trigger and keep banging and banging and banging we love to to eat them we love to watch them we love to take pictures of them i it don't i mean i've had many guys tell me they don't want to hunt anymore because i don't call the shot enough so right there is like yeah that's why we do it i want to see that power right that's right i'll tell you one thing i'll bring up you, you brought up ducks unlimited delta waterfowl i know there's been a lot of scrutiny as far as against delta waterfowl ducks unlimited people go on there on online and basically talking about how you know they're doing all kinds of different you know foundations and stuff and and crps and wrps and all kinds of you know uh restructuring land you know building land uh for private farm owners guys you know if we don't have ducks unlimited delta waterfowl you know who do we have to back us i mean it really you know there's been a lot of scrutiny about it and it's it's really we need they're on our side yep 100 percent, they are they're they're you know they not everything that ducks unlimited does anymore is all for the hunter but a lot of it still is there's, it is there's a lot of governmental affairs and politics that go into it delta does a good job for the hunter and 
you got to get involved. It's easy to go through the motions and say you support them, but you got to get involved and give back. And we try to do that with our life memberships to the federal, you know, to these different organizations, California Waterfowl. We film with them every year. We, we attend their banquets, their kids camps. We work with their egg salvage program. We're working on a new initiative that we're getting ready to announce right now with CWA. Um, I, I, I love seeing what comes out of it. And it really does. When you start seeing stuff like water rights and farmland and, um, you know, different legislation that goes through with ammo and guns, firearms, if you will, uh, limits on ducks, limits on sprig in the Pacific flyway, the things that these guys are doing behind the scenes, it starts out West and then it just spreads eastward across yeah, the they're country. they're fighting for it. A lot of things happen in California that start, they start in California and spread eastward. Oh, Really? And that's why it's important. I've already said that everybody should become a member of California Waterfowl. It's 30 bucks a year. You live in Arkansas, you ought to be a member with a sticker mm-hmm. on your truck because that's fighting for, for your rights. Sooner or later, it's going to get there. And it's already getting to Arkansas. There's laws coming down there. You mm-hmm. go to Illinois, there's laws all over there, Missouri. Um, again, we're privileged to do it. We do have to abide by the laws. There's a lot of laws in duck hunting. And you got to be a, a sharp cat to abide by all of them. There's a lot of things that go into, you know, being a legal beagle in the duck blind you could break a law in a heartbeat in a duck blind yep. in a heartbeat i mean exactly you, right. you, the ammunition you use the gun you use the you know the gauge you use the amount of ducks you shoot the amount of geese you shoot what ducks you shoot when you shoot those ducks is it before shooting hours is it after shooting hours how are you holding your ducks once you have them in your possession in the duck blind how do you if you shoot a cripple do you go after it right away is there wanting waste there you know there's so much that you, the identification is that a canvas back or is that a redhead is that a mallard or is that a black duck is that a widgeon or is that a teal there's just all this stuff that happens you know that can go wrong and you got to be on your game you got to go you got to keep getting out there and going and i'm just i'm humbled to be a hunter i'm blessed to work in the hunting industry and make my livelihood in the hunting industry you see what we do here it's it's chaos but it's awesome right wide open all the time is it yeah it's wide open all the time but i mean that's what's so fun about it is i think you know it probably makes the summer go by quicker you know, for y'all, for me, with the duck calls, with, you know, everything else that I do, it makes my summer go by quicker. But I don't want the summer to go by quick. I'm, see, I love duck hunting. But, man, the faster duck season gets here, the faster it gets over. I know. I like enjoying ducks in the summer. Cookouts with my buddies, being on the boat, drinking a cold beer, having a little bush latte on the deck. Or, you know, today, we what did we cook up today? Mule deer tenderloins, mule deer tacos booed in with crawfish wild crawfish boudin from (laughs) with wild crawfish in louisiana in it yeah i mean that's summertime 95 degrees in the swimming pool with your friends and family thinking about ducks then august is dog days it gets real hot but you still get to go to the lake and the beach and chilling working on that tan working on that six pack maybe an eight pack in your case all (laughs) ripped up you know no shoes no shirt no service like kenny chesney and uncle cracker say no shirt no shoes no problem i got a drink, cold drink in my hand with no bottom i think that's <laughs> how it goes here i go singing again but i love summer because once duck season gets here man it's like a whirlwind and then all of a sudden it's thanksgiving and then the southern duck season starts and then that 60 days goes by way too fast and then there's all these weird ass snow goose hunters that chase that spring <laughs> season <laughs> and that and then it's turkey season and then it's fishing season and then it's du- summer season and lake season and boating season again it's just like our lives fly by too fast if you look at it to where you're always waiting on duck season 
our lives go by way too fast. Don't you agree? I agree. I agree. It's, uh, you know, and, and I think we do need to sit back and, and really enjoy every moment. That's what I'm you know, trying that to is, say. I, I definitely see where you're going with that. I mean, you know, used to back in the day, I would literally count down the days, you know, sit there, oh, I got two weeks before I go to Arkansas, two weeks whenever I lived in Louisiana, you know, and I just couldn't wait. And then we get there, and like you said, before you knew it, you were coming home. Yeah. So it is It is better to take, you know, don't take life for granted. Take every day, a day at a time. Well, just, in, just don't go through the motions, you know. Enjoy every day. And that's what I try to do. But every day, ducks are still a part of the mix. Were ducks a part of the mix today? What did we do today that was part of the mix that had something to do with ducks? Well, we blew a ton of calls. I mean, we blew all of our calls, did all kinds of tips. You know, it's for the Jordan game calls. Um, you know, we ate mule deer. We didn't, that's not related to duck, but we were thinking kinda, about ducks and we were talking is. about what we were going to do on, on the different instructional videos. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff. You know, I pretty much, I blow a duck call almost every single day. And uh, I do take for granted how much I can blow a duck call. And it does make me a better duck caller at the end of the day, tuning calls. But um, I just love it. You know, I don't know what it is. It's just what's not to love. What do you mean? You love tuning duck calls? Yeah, I love tuning duck. Well, calls. why wouldn't you? I just like building things. I like building things and making things. Do you think you've mastered the duck call with these jargon calls? Like I told you before, I was sitting there going through a case of all kinds of different manufactured calls and stuff, and you know, you went through. What was it really a case? What do you mean? A case? What was it that you went through? What was it? It was a table I know, that, that you took my glass off of <laughs> and then started rummaging through my call collection. And, and I was listening to you work them all from all different makes and models, from all different manufacturers. Were any of them close to these? No. And I'm not just saying that. I just, it kind of verified me, you know, my mind and eased my mind that, hey, look, we are building a heck of a duck call. You know, it just, it really, really, I stood back and I said, man, you know, and don't get me wrong, there's some good dog calls on the market. I mean, there really is. I'm not saying words are the best. In a way, you are. Well, you know. Say it. I I'm, mean, is that I'm what you're being, saying? I'm being biased, yeah, but, you know, as far as, I just think we built a heck of a duck call. And I think it sounds like a duck. And I'm going to continue to improve and improve and improve and get better and better. But I don't know where I can improve on, to be honest with you. I don't know where I can go. It, there's some other tone boards that, you know, I have in the machines that I'm going to bring about. And, uh, you know, we'll get to those soon. But these are not going to be changed. These are set. These are perfect. Just had a guy a little while ago, you know, send me a, a message. And, on where? Uh, what kind of message? Well, he sent me a uh, sound is, file, and uh, this is a text. Somebody got your number. You gave a customer your number. Yeah, and he's. Are you crazy? <laughs> I love talking to people. <laughs> what are you, you know? nuts? Don't bother me. They can what call me at two o'clock in the morning. We'll talk duck hunting. It you, don't matter to me. Man, you must need some friends. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with it is I stay on the phone too much. But you know, he texted me and wanted me to hear a sound file. You know, the jargon loudmouth, and I can tell you. It just, again, verified me of, hey, look, yeah, we're building a heck of a duck call. Did this customer say anything about his thoughts or feelings on the calls? Has he shared any emotional connection with the call? Does he sleep with this call? Does 
he eat breakfast with the call. This is next what he to told him, me. Next I'm to not his gonna name any names of who who it is or anything. I'll say who it is. It's John Stevens and and Jim Ronquest. <laughs> Jim Ronquest sent this message. Oh, <laughs> is this from Jim Ronquest? Jimbo. He said, hey there. Hey, if that Jimbo. don't light your fire, your wood's wet. I love Jimbo. That's one of my favorite dudes in the industry. Unbelievable caller, too. Oh, Unbelievable my God. duck killer. Him and John Stevens. I remember back in the day when I first started hunting. It wasn't even that long ago. When I first started hunting in Arkansas, John Stevens carried me to McCollum's a couple times mm-hmm. when he guided out there. And I was competing, trying to be a competition duck caller, blowing the MVP. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think MVP stands for maximum volume in performance. That's exactly for what it stands for. Yeah. In baseball, when I got the MVP trophy, it stood for most valuable player. Eleven years in a row. Really? Nine gold gloves. Eighteen bombs one year, and then never had another season with under thirty. Had an R. There's an absolute ho. Oh, I was just going off on my baseball. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and I'd watch that John. I'd watch, <laughs> dude. But I, I listen to people blow duck calls now. Like when I'm around you, and like you sound awesome. And I get to hunt with a lot of stellar duck callers. But dude, John Stevens was doing this. He's been doing it, sounding like a mallard duck for. John's probably 45 now. He's been sounding like a mallard duck for 40 years. I bet since he was five. Mm-hmm. He's won the worlds three times. He's won the champion of champions. He won every regional. He's won every Arkansas state based contest. His calls have won hundreds of contests at Rich and Tone. Iconic brand that Butch Rickenbach started. John bought it from him. John's daddy's a farmer. They got an unbelievable farm down outside of Stuttgart that they killed ducks in the reservoir and the rice fields. And then you add in Jimbo. And then you got Rusty, you know, that's a, just a, a hoot. I mean, he is the is the personality behind that company. That Rich and Tone's a badass brand, but as far as just operating a duck call under pressure, under hundreds of ducks or under ten ducks or on stage in front of thousands of people, John, I don't know if there's anybody better in history than John Stevens. That's my opinion. Now, I I know Johnny Mofus is was awesome. I know that Trey Crawford's feed chuckle and Trey's won the Worlds three times. I know Mike McLemore won the Worlds three times and the champion of champions. I don't know, man. I just think John Stevens was freaking insane. He is. I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent there, but, like, you got to give pay homage where homage is due and, like, give respect. Could you imagine if John Stevens has one of these in her hands? So, <laughs> so you're thinking that this call's better than a rich and tone, too? <laughs> Uh, they make a good call, you know, and I give props to them. They just they make a good call. They've been around a long time, and, you know, I like mine better. Uh, I have a lot of guys come with me that, you know, have blown theirs or blown theirs in the past and say, hey, look, I'm blowing yours now. You know, the thing about it is, is in this world, you know, we talk about Fords and Rams and Chevrolets and, you know, all that stuff, and I guess it's, it all comes down to preference. You're not going to have 100% of the people – like exactly what you you love you know and it all comes down to branding rich and tone has their branding has their marketing they have their group of guys they have the guys that have been following them we're not trying to grab or steal or anybody from their guys we're saying hey look we're bringing a duck call to the market we think our duck call is unbelievable and excellent and we're getting a huge response from people everybody's saying they love them the biggest thing with ours is is user friendly I keep on saying that word, but they're user-friendly. They're the easiest call to blow. Again, I went through the whole case, and I really had to manipulate the calls. I can, I can pick up any call and blow the call. But it's all about us as hunters, we get tired, we get worn out, 
You're going day in and day out. You shouldn't have to think about it when you're blowing a duck call. And, and so what makes ours so user friendly? Ours is so user friendly because of the back pressure. So it's a whole lot of things. It's not just one thing. It's the back pressure. It's the tone board. It's the way it's sanded. It's the way the replacement is. Is the way the barrel is. Our barrel is unique. The dimension, the inside dimension of the barrel is unique. There's so many things that we, you know, have done on ours that uh, not to say anybody else is, you know, not doing on theirs, but we've we've kind of took everything and we thought hey, look, the mouthpiece, we want the mouthpiece to be this way. We want it to be comfortable on your lips. We want the handpiece where you put your hand on the insert to be comfortable. We want to be able to have an easy fee call. The hardest thing for people to do is a fee call. So why not make it easier for that person to achieve a fee call? And that's what we did. We went ahead and made the fee call easier. We made the top end easier. Before you go in, before you say the top end, let's just demonstrate some of this. Let me hear, okay. let me hear, what is that, a small talk? Yeah, that's small Let me talk. hear how easy and how, yeah, turn around a little bit. Let me hear that chatter on the small talk. I'm just going to do it very soft, and then I'll just kind of roll into it and go back, soft, so forth. But you can just see how easy as far as blowing the feet call is. I mean, I'm barely, I'm barely putting in that call. I'm not, I'm not doing a lot of pressure. I'm not doing anything amazing. You know, it it really is the easiest call to blow a fee call on. I've had that, we've had that compliment, I can't tell you how many times. And going back to, before we get into anything else, I just wanted to say that, you know, as far as on what this message says, but this is, this is basically a testimony from a customer. He says, the call runs on minimal air and sounds amazing. It will also take aggressive boss hens as well. I prefer not to blow past the good stuff. Um, he says, this call is just spitting feathers. It's just spitting awesome. Feathers. Spitting feathers. That's kind of cool. It is. That's a cool, you know, basically like a cool little slogan or something. Um, but he just goes on and on and on. Um, and just he loves the call. He sent us a sound file. Uh, and the reason what happened is is you know everything is in this business i think is all for referral and, and word of mouth and what happened is he went to a house that he knew a guy that bought one of her calls he went over there blew the call called me up and said hey look i want one of your calls which one do you recommend and i was like well you know my my favorite is small talk he said well that's what i want so he sent it to me i sent it to him he gets it in he sends me all this stuff and then now he's calling me back talking about the loud mouth and asking me the difference and so forth and he blew the loud mouth and he was he blew him side by side today and he's just amazed by it and he's like man when are y'all coming out with the next one you know i just want i can't get enough of it and he you could tell he's really really good on the duck call extremely good on the duck call so um you just can't get enough of it that's the thing about duck calls is 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 that the only testimonial that we've gotten in the last no we've got tons of testimonials people are non-stop writing in about the sound files they hear and then they get their call and they send in videos of them in their truck they're not driving they're just calling i wonder if you could duck call and drive is that illegal not if you got it in your right hand i mean you're not doing something you can call and look down the road you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say it's not unsafe or All right, that you should be doing that. I'm but, just saying, I was a joke, it was a joke, it was a joke. <laughs> but 
But they write, they send these videos in, and it's just nonstop, man. And they go out and they record all these videos and they send them in because they're proud of what they're sounding like. And I on I think it's like this: is that people are loyal to call brands. There's no doubt. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good duck calls out there. The duck callers are, like I've said before, in podcasts and on TVs, they're collectors. They're going to buy a call. I truly feel that when somebody puts a loud mouth or a small talk, if you're a single read guy or an icebreaker, if you're a double read guy, if you put it to your mouth and run it one time, you're not going to use another call. That's how confident I am in it. Not to say that there aren't other badass duck calls out there. I love the Daisy Cutter. I love the short belt mm -hmm. rich and tone. I love some of the ones that Zinc makes. Mm -hmm. I think Rick Dunn makes an unbelievable mm -hmm. duck call. I mean, his inserts in a lot of the different duck call makers calls in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, hold on we got to pause this for a second i got a guy named george brett call me y'all ever heard of him you ever heard of him what's going on george just leaving the royal stadium they're winning six nothing tonight i'm right in the middle of i'm right in the middle of filming a little podcast and a duck calling deal i just wanted to make sure we're good i'm i'm i'm, I'm coming that week you're still good right all right, well, we, are you going to be around your phone? Okay, I'll, I'll call you tomorrow, and we'll go over the menu, and I'll, uh, and is Mitch going to be there? Is, is, is uh, Meet Mitch going to be there? All right, all right, I'll text you in the morning and call you at your convenience. Thanks, man. I mean, you just there's just some things in life you can't do, and one of them's put George Brett into voicemail. I agree. Right? I agree. I mean, that's... Would you have done the same for me if I was... You looked on your phone? 100%. And... But I don't know because, <laughs> like, if you've ever seen George Brett come out of the dugout when the pine tar incident happened when Billy Martin bitched about that home run he hit, and George Brett comes flying out of the third base dugout, he was meaner than a freaking rattlesnake, man. The dude was a badass first ballot Hall of Famer. But anyway, he's a duck hunter. He uses jargon calls. He wears bandit. He loves the foul life. I'm going to his house in a couple weeks. When am I going there? I'm going there sometime in August. I'm not going to give the exact date, but we're going to have a cook-off. It's Chad Ward from Traeger and I against George Brett and his buddy, Meet Mitch, who's a badass barbecue expert. Really? And we're going to do a cook-off in his backyard with some judges. That'd be cool. And uh, we're going to George is going to be on the podcast. He's one of the guests that I wanted to tell everybody. George Brett's going to be on This Life Ain't For Everybody. We're going to go to a couple Royals games and sit up in the president's box and hang out. And then I get the podcast with Ned Yost, the manager of the Royals, in the Royals dugout at Kauffman Stadium. What do I, I need to wear? I also think that if you want to meet me up there, you can. I also think that uh, I'm going to podcast with Michael Hunsucker. He's the creator and the host of, of uh, Heartland Bowhunter. Mm -hmm. Great dude. Love that guy. Um, so it's going to be a good trip to Kansas City. I'm going to start that trip out in Denver at a Zach Brown concert at the Rocky Stadium at Coors Field with some Traeger guys, podcasting with some of the Zach guys that day gonna be cool it's gonna be a good little trip humbled by it. it's all because of a mallard duck so back what we were saying so there are badass calls out there i just truly feel that when when i when this was your idea to do this company i came up with the name you came up with the call designs but this was truly like you coming to me on several occasions saying look i got some calls that are badass when i blew them i was like wow it caught my attention because I love duck calling and I'm not the best. I'm, I'm average at best. According to you, I'm below the Mendo but Mendoza line, which is hitting 200 in the major leagues. That's terrible. <laughs> You're back in double A, maybe high A. 
But when you put these calls to your mouth, they're strong. Like they, they, they're, they're hard to put down. I truly feel that if you go and do, I really think this is my call. And I'm, I hope this happens is that there's going to be a demand warranted by these calls that people are, you know, dealers are going to want them in there because people are going to be looking for them. Mm -hmm. They're that good. What you've designed is that good. So I'm looking at it like you did that feed chuckle that easy. And I could, I pick up a small talk and, and sounds good yeah it does it does it like sounds like you it's so like you say user friendly to run mm -hmm. you get that feed chuckle with your throat and then you tap that top the front of your tongue and the reason i'm doing that is that the call runs that easy when i don't have yeah. to call my mouth it runs just like I'm doing those sounds. And you can emulate that with your mouth. You put that call, it doesn't hiccup, or you can hiccup on it, you know, as far as doing the hiccup. But it doesn't hang up. It doesn't, it doesn't hold up on you. It's so smooth and versatile. And what I love about it is that it's the best transitional call. That's what I was fixing to say. It's exactly. the best transitional call I've ever had. The confidence yep. that you develop in, in, with this line of calls is so dead on to where you start out with that that maybe that young hen that that what do you call it fine, fine hen or maybe you start out with a coarser or ask you just mah, 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 then follow it up with a fine mah, 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 and then go to a boss mah, 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 mah. the confidence you develop in the transitional part of the game is what's key do you have the confidence to stand on it? Do you have the confidence to back off, back off, but then stand on it real quick again, go from real slow to real fast, depending on what the duck's body and their posturing's telling you to say? That's what a duck call is to me. That's the confidence that I have is like, man, I can transition so quick. Oh, really? Because now I got 15 over here and they're a little bit tighter, so I don't need to chuckle. But I see these 75 out here and I want to get their attention. But back to these 15 right here because they're still working and I don't blow them out of the hole because I turn my sound this way, that happens a lot in duck calling where you're yeah. working several different groups of birds before they all group up. Transitioning in duck calling is key. And with these jargon calls, you can't, miss, you can't screw up if you, if you have a little bit of an idea of what you're doing. No, it gives you the confidence. It definitely does. The transitions are extremely easy. You know, I was just sitting there and you were talking about that fine hand. I lied to everybody. And the reason why I lied to everybody is because is there's actually one more hand there is well i'd say there's probably two more hens really and you got so you got four classifications of fine course you know four ones four fine course raspy boss but then you also have a lazy hen and a bouncing hen so 
you know, really, to be honest with you, and those are in between those. Those are actually, you know, a fine hen can be, you know, a, a lazy hen could be a, a boss, uh, a fine. I mean, it's just basically they call it a lazy hen where they just kind of, eh, eh, eh. You know, they don't, they don't finish all their notes. They just, they stop. And I've, t- heard, I've heard ducks do it a ton. They do it all the time. They just stop abruptly. Yeah, so I'll, I'll try as far as on a fine hen, but a fine hen on a lazy hen would be... That would be basically a fine hen. They basically just kind of stop their notes or they'll drag it out as far as on a fine hen. So ducky. You know, they, so they just don't, they're not finishing all their notes. I mean, be honest with you, if you think about it, if you go out in the field and you listen to ducks, truly listen to ducks, you'll hear them. They, they, they're not, there's nothing that is a pattern to them. It's like no a specific that, way. That's why I always talk about it, and I don't mean to cut you off, go yeah. back. There's, you just said there's not a specific way or pattern. I get that. I've always said that with duck calling and Canada goose mm-hmm. calling with a short read goose call. There's a humanistic rhythm that people will get into to where I'll go, that's a human. Cluck, 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 breath. Cluck, 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 breath. Cluck, 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 breath. Instead of look, look, and you keep mixing that up and you got a goose rhythm. Ducks got rhythm too. They're abrupt though. They'll stop on a dime and they'll start on a dime. And that's why transitioning on a duck call is so important. If you want to be a perfectionist and you want to look at your buddies and high five them and go, we just own those ducks. You got to get to the point to where you can transition like that on a call. You got to get to the point to where you can hide, set up a strategic decoy spread, scout the right way, judge the wind in the clouds or the sunshine, everything the right way. What are you doing on a real cold day? Are you hunting early morning? Probably not. You got to go out between 11 and 2 because they're going to be a little bit, they're going to stay on the, the roost a little bit longer to keep the water open, to keep their body temperature all close together. You know, there's, you got to start thinking like a duck. You have to be able to transition. You have to be able to adapt as a duck hunter and duck calling you have to be able to do that lazy hen you're going, but, but then all of a sudden go, oh, I got to stand up and get a little bit more power behind it. With this call, that reed doesn't hiccup. It just keeps flapping and fluttering and bouncing off that tone board. And that's, that's really what I get out of these calls is that I've never had more confidence in a call that it's not going to hang up on me. Mm-hmm. So go back to what you're saying, the patterning and all that. Yeah, sorry, so I, I, just, just I, mean, I just get off on a tangent. I'm, oh, I'm no. sorry. Golly. That's bad, dude. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, it's the pattern. It's not a specific pattern or anything. You know, the biggest thing I, I think with duck hunting is is that we all need to think about, you know, next time, I guarantee you this tip will help you out in the blind. Next time you go into the field or you go into the timber, you go into the marsh, wherever you hunt at, try to call outside the box. And what I mean by that is, is don't do what you did yesterday. Don't do, you know, what your buddy's doing. Everybody kind of have their own pattern do their own specific thing and don't you know because if you know if you notice that when you get in a blind everybody does the same thing over and over again and they're like man they just won't come in well golly man they've been hearing that over and over again or the exact opposite too where they keep doing the same thing and they keep killing them because the spinner's working or it's just one of those yeah. days and then they're like, man, my duck calling's amazing, which that's awesome. That breeds confidence. Yeah, exactly. But you still have to think outside the box and keep practicing to be able to change that up. Yeah. Because not every day is North Dakota yeah. on a spinner in a cornfield when they just fall into your lap or Canada in a pea field. A lot of yeah. times 
I, I look at the camera all the time, Chris, and go, that was the calling that made those ducks do that. And I know damn well it's the spinners and that they're working the spin. <laughs> I know what they're doing in a cornfield. Right. You could put the spinner 10 yards behind you, and they're going to land 10 yards behind you uh-huh. in a cornfield. If you know what you're doing, you know how to set up and, and, and judge birds the right way. I've seen it 100 times. Right. I've seen it 100 times where you're messing around, you're calling Canada geese, you turn all the mojos off, right? You kill a couple can geese, forget to turn the mojos on. Mallards are flying around. You're like, what the hell? They're not responding. You hit that remote on that mojo and they start working you you got to know when that brings up a great point right there curiosity i truly believe truly believe and i told you about that story about glass being on the side of a pond that we were hunting for teal hunting for big ducks and we were sitting there calling had mojos out and these ducks were landing over there and i'm like why in the heck are they landing the wasn't, that, that wasn't that much further it was probably 75 80 yards from us I'm like, why are they landing over there? I walked over there, and I'm looking around, and sure enough, there was broken glass all in the water, and it was sunny that day. They were curious. It's the same thing. It's not a coincidence that every time, everybody always talks about it. Man, when you see any ducks, walk out in a decoy spread. You start pissing. Yeah. Movement. It brings attention to you. It's curiosity. It brings attention to the ducks. They're curious animals. Hence the reason the mojo was so successful. Mm Mm-hmm. It was invented in California and then patented in 99 by Terry. But it, So what it, that brings it my wasn't, point. But the mojo was never to finish ducks. The mojo was brought into fruition to get their attention, like yeah, you were saying, and, and, get it it, and get them in range to at least let your decoy spread and your calling and your vocabulary and your vocalizations get to play into the mix. Right. Give you a chance to work ducks. They could be a mile away and see that glass or that flash and that spinning wing effect of the right speed on that motor and that mojo. And they're going to come check you out. They might not finish because of the mojo, but that you might be able to turn the mojo off. You might have a you might have a different color wing on it. You might have it under some branches. You might have it in a shadow, half in the shadow, half out, creating a little bit of curiosity. But that flash gets them over there and giving you a chance to work them. See your jerk string, the muddy water, the chocolate milk effect in the water. Mm-hmm. You, they don't, don't pick you out because you're hidden well. Your decoys are realistically set up. They're swimming nice. There's ripples. You got to have ripples, and you have to have muddy water ducks are attracted to ripples when they get close enough absolutely if it's flat you ain't killing them you might kill one but you're not going to get that many of them to do it you have to have ripples you have to have wind moving that water a little bit or at least the jerk string creating that ripple effect yeah they'll get leery when they come in and the water's real still they'll just sit there and get you just know you're like decoys look like they're in cement you try you throw everything out of the bag that you have in your bag but you know at the end of the day it's like golly man if we just had a little bit of wind just a little bit Everybody, you know, the thing about it is, I always tell everybody this every time we're duck hunting, you can never ever please a duck hunter. It's either, man, the sun was out too much, <laughs> or it was too cold, it was too hot, uh, the wind wasn't blowing, um, we couldn't get hidden. You know, one just- thing, you know, one thing I don't understand <laughs> about pleasing a duck hunter that doesn't please me, well, I can't, I, I, I guess I, I'd be, I've gotten better at not being so critical in duck hunting, but. One thing that I don't understand about timber hunters, Arkansasans, what do you call them? Arkansians? Arkansasans? We're Nevadans. You would say Nevadans. Nevada. Arkansians? Arkansasans? Arkansasans? I don't understand what the joy is in going out early and killing ducks in the dark. As soon as legal shooting hour happens and it's a bluebird sky, you know they're coming in there early. I don't understand what... I, I get it. Our woods are hot right now. We want to get in and get out. But here's the deal. 
what are you going to do with those ducks? And, and how many ducks are you going to educate that morning? That educate them. How many hens are you going to kill that aren't drakes? You can't tell the drakes from a hen when it's that dark. It's a proven, well, I say it's a proven fact. I mean, it's proven by us as far as, you know, that you can go into an area that you find a lot of birds in <clears throat> or after birds. And first thing in the morning, you got these birds coming in and landing the decoys. Let them get out. Let a couple groups get out, you know. Work the ducks that are basically ducks that are after, you know, right at mid-morning ducks. And I guarantee you, you can stay on that hole and you can kill them six or seven days in a row by doing that. Just letting those ducks get in there, leave them alone. They'll move around. They may swim off in the timber and wait. Just just chill out and wait and take everything in and then go ahead and shoot your ducks because it only takes four mallards apiece. And that happens quick when you're on the X. So there's no- but, but I, I want to see him do it. I want that light on him. I want to work. Well, no, no, I, that's what I'm I know what you're saying. I'm yeah. not arguing with you. I'm saying that what is the joy in going in the biomeda? There's nothing to joy. Biomeda, you can't see their green heads. That's you, the whole point. You get point. in the biomeda, you get in a fist fight on the boat ramp, you speed off in your boat. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's awesome. Whatever. You get in your hole. It's legal shooting hours. They start flying their black shadows up against that grayish blue tinted sky that's still dark. Mm-hmm. They drop in below the tree line, which you can barely see them when they get down mm-hmm. in the dark hole. And then you go to blaze into where you can almost see the flame coming out of the end of the gun, the fire yeah. out of the barrel, which you can a lot of the times. Yeah. You don't know where the dead ducks are landing. Your dog's not getting any visual on them. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm simply play, playing the devil's advocate in a way of like, what is the positive in it that you got your ducks are you that hungry most guys that kill ducks that fast they go eat biscuits and gravy after so they ain't mm-hmm. that hungry what you know what i'm yeah. saying they yeah, go to the ca- they go to the cafe and eat the buffet the eggs and bacon and biscuits and gravy like duck hunters do which they should do mm-hmm. we should eat like that during duck season <laughs> i do you see how we eat, how, how i eat here <laughs> i don't eat very freaking manly during the off season i eat cottage cheese and weird stuff but a lot of sushi I like to hide that rice. I like to take that rice and kind of put it in my pocket. It's Same illegal. Way. It's illegal not to eat the rice where we live. Because we got all you can eat sushi. We got good sushi, even though it's all you can eat, because we got to compete with all the casinos and the buffets. We're off subject here a minute. But we have to eat the rice because they're they're counting on you. They're betting on you to fill up on that rice quick and not eat that much sushi when you pay that low price to eat all you can eat. It's 21, 25 bucks for dinner here to eat all you can eat. You go to Vegas and have that sushi we had two nights ago. You're looking at a $600 tab for the four of us, guaranteed. Unbelievable. With all those rolls and all that maguro and all that con, all that salmon and tuna, yellowtail, the unagi, the octopus, the seared tuna, all that stuff is expensive. And you get two pieces per order. It's like 10 bucks an order in Vegas for two pieces. So it's like a six hundred dollar dinner here. So well, you got to eat the rice here. I try to hide that sticky rice <laughs> a bunch of times. But I just don't understand. Like you go in there and you're like, why'd you even want to call the shot on that? Yeah. Let them go. I'm the same way. Let them go get out of here because I like it, man. When it comes nine o'clock, ten o'clock, and them late comers coming off them rice fields, and you break them down in the blue sky, that's just fun to me. I'm not telling anybody how to hunt because I don't own any woods. I, I get invited to hunt some of the best woods in America in the state of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So do you. Yeah. Or you get to go public. Yeah. It's up to whoever's doing it to do it the right way. I just don't understand the thought behind it of going in there and killing them. And do you want to take a nap? I get a nap. You can take a nap at 10 a.m. It feels better than going right back to bed at 8. Or breakfast isn't even ready when you kill them that fast. I'm I, just, I think at the end of the day, that I'm not saying everybody does this, but everybody's on this 
big huge thing now about you know man we killed seven limbs this morning or we i mean you shit kill, that ain't kill. nothing in arkansas it's i like know 15, but what, what i'm saying limits. is 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 people are all about the limits and i've said this before and i'll say it again and people will probably you know frown upon it but it's not about the killing it ain't about the killing to me you know it's just i don't know if it's and i'm I've killed a bunch of ducks in my lifetime. I love it. I still love to pull the trigger. I love pulling the trigger, but at the end of the day, it's it's not about the killing. It's everything that's involved in the duck hunting. Hundred percent. You know, I mean, the boat riding, the the, the, the scouting the, the night before. I love scouting. I love scouting. You know, last year when we were going scouting as fours in the afternoons, you know, sitting there, it's just God. You watching these mallards in the you can't help but get excited. It, it's like mm. everything that prepares you for the next day and you just can't go to sleep at night. You know, it's it's amazing. Now, I wish, to be honest with you, we didn't have to get out to the duck blind until 9 o'clock. Well, you like I think we get, we get up to diagum early. 100%. It's, it's, but when know, you're hunting public area in Arkansas, yeah. the mindset is that you have to. Why yeah, do you have to? Why don't you, let, why don't you let them early bodies go out there fast get their ducks in the dark and get out of there and then just salter in there in your boat find a good hole and and kill them until what when can you hunt the biomeda till noon noon yeah so you hunt them nine to noon you get three hours maybe you only kill six but you get to see them do it right oh, no. and you know that you're going to get a group and it's a totally different set of ducks yeah and you know you're going to get a group yep. you might get migrators yeah you might get new ducks coming out of southeast missouri or western oklahoma or eastern oklahoma or east southeastern kansas iowa kansas city some boy, them ducks might be brand new that are just riding the wind down. You know, you say that I've killed some of the biggest deer between twelve and two. Hell, that every I tell everybody when you go mallard hunting, I like to hunt them between eleven and two, ten to one, eleven to two, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. I love it. Yeah, I hate early morning duck hunting because you you feel like you need to call the shot when it's dark. Mm-hmm. It's cold. It's miserable. You can't see <laughs> unless you got a good headlamp. I love it all. Don't get me wrong. I ain't trying to sound like a pre. I do love morning. I do love coffee before daylight boat boat rides why though i like the visuals of a boat ride No, i do i do but i like the lights i like the you know kind of the you know you don't really know what's going on they kind of you get to the boat ramp you're kind of going through the timber you don't know what ducks might be sitting to the left or right of you as you're going through the timber you know it's the the things you don't know i guess that i like about morning you know at dark you like driving in the dark through a state i do what, really? Through what? Through you like going through a, a a strange state? No, no, no. I don't like driving. Why? Why don't you like driving? It's the same thing, ain't it? No, because there's daggum deer that run across the road and all they, kinds of other but stuff. But don't you, you want to? Don't you want to see the sights? I do. That's why I like driving during the day to see the sights. But I do like the morning time, putting the boat in. You know, having the lights, having everything, talking to your buddy. You're sitting there communicating with them. You're running light, and then you get to your hole. And I do like throwing out decoys before before daylight do you really don't, don't get me wrong i'm not saying i don't like it during the day i'm just I, I'm one thing i do I, I'm miss i'm not saying i don't like it early in the morning well one thing i do miss is afternoon hunts you know because in them. arkansas we they're so much more relaxed and ducky. i do i love them I, I even even hunting ducks early in the morning in canada in october or sept into september i don't like real early september but the ducks in the afternoon is so much more fun they are so much more fun. The geese in the afternoon in Saskatchewan, like after it's either October 12th or the 15th where you can hunt geese in the after the, the 12 o'clock hour, you can hunt them in the afternoon. You can only hunt them in the morning in Saskatchewan up until like October 15th. It's magic when you get to go out in the afternoon. 
totally different group mindset on those geese of mm-hmm. working the decoy spread. Well, don't you find like the ducks and, and geese, of, of course, in the morning time, they're like in a real hurry. They're in a hurry. They're weary. They're coming you know? off like crazy. Yeah. There's just, I, I, I don't know. I just, I just think that the mindset of a duck hunter has always been get up early, get out there early, get your ducks early, get out of there early, get back and get ready for the next day. And I'm like, I want to go out there and have three glorious hours instead of seven hours to where it's or seven minutes depending on what your mindset is yeah. I, I don't think you need to be there in the dark all the time i agree i just don't think you need I think to be it needs to be spread out you know one thing that is awesome and mesmerizes me every single time that i go in the timber is how in the heck do those ducks find that hole <laughs> that they've been going to that they've been staging and they're in. ancestral man they're, it's, it's unbelievable amazing. they're in they're imprinted on it and it's ancestral and they are geniuses we always talk about geniuses. we're hunting a duck with a brain this big an animal ducks are sharp man they think are. about how smart you have to be to leave the tundra way up north and make it down to southern louisiana you ever seen that movie the art of flight or whatever remember mm-hmm. that documentary yep. there's they're not dumb they'll fall for something once in a while but damn dude if it was legal to kill americans you know what i mean you could kill with a big mac <laughs> how many yeah. could you kill with a 12 pack of budweiser decoy oh my god reaching for a beer <laughs> nice. and all of a sudden your hand gets shot off i know think about it man they're not dumb yeah. we'd be dumb too man there's rice down there shit it we're going true. there's corn down of course they're going to come in there they're starving i know they gotta eat coyote yeah. comes to a call because he's starving i could go out and mimic a dying mouse and kill a coyote at five feet Coyotes are smart. They're the most adaptable animal in the world, in my opinion. Probably scientifically proven. I'm guessing that. No evidence. But you could put one in the North Pole and it'll survive, they say. They adapt. And they got to eat three pounds of raw meat a day to survive. That's amazing. You know how many... In the summer, they can eat grasshoppers. They're fine. But when it gets wintertime, you know how many Fire rabbits you got to kill to get three pounds of meat? You know how much... You got to be hunting at all times. You know that the number one success rate in predators in the world... You know what it is? Mm-mm. The wild dog of Africa. They kill it over 90% of the time they go hunting. You don't even do that. No. A coyote's like fourth at less than 70%. Piranhas are up there. The lions, lions don't kill that often. They got to hunt all day, every day to kill and eat. So you think about that. We're not dealing with something. We're not dealing with a real dumb animal here. No. We'd all get killed, too, if we were getting decoyed with stuff. we like a hot chick, Cindy Crawford, and you go over there, oh, shit, that's just a mannequin. Boom, and your head's blown off. <laughs> you don't think it would happen? <laughs> you don't think it would? I'll bet you 100 bucks I could decoy you with something. You took that bag of Doritos today. What if you'd have put your hand on them Doritos, and there was a, a bear trap in there, and your hand come off? Think about it. I'm just putting it oh, into perspective. No, but Anything gets, when you're hungry, you're dying. People, people they, die for a nibble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put that on a shirt. I die for a nibble. People die for nibble. Um, here's where I'm going with it though: is that the the mallard duck is too significant, in my opinion, to kill him in the dark. Mm-hmm. Agreed or not? I agree. Okay, let's move on. Okay. How significant in your life has <laughs> Mr. Billy become? In the hot sauce. Okay, look. Today's lunch consisted of this. Mule deer tenderloin, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Mule deer ground ground mule deer tacos on cast iron on the Traeger. Mule deer tenderloin on the Traeger. Louisiana crawfish boudin on the Traeger. 
How unbelievable was that hot sauce on that taco? You oh, read Mr. Billy bottles that for us. You see, he put it in a Jack Daniels bottle, a big-ass Jack Daniels bottle of that hot sauce, that pepper sauce. He's got garlic and The cayenne. biggest thing I can say with it is it has it actually has taste. It's just not hot. Got it taste. You know? Oh, he's got hot ones. One, what I'm saying is... is it's, it's got hot. Not, it's just not just a hot sauce. Yeah, it's just not a hot it's real sauce. flavorful, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's what I say, too. Yeah. He's got one that'll make you just want your lips to fall off. Yeah, I don't... Like, like, like your lips just come off. You ever seen that guy that eats that chip? Yeah. It's only one chip. Is it a ghost pepper chip? Yeah. Those guys are idiots, man. That's just stupid. Remember Dumb and Dumber movie when they eat them burgers uh-huh. with the peppers on them? They're pouring the milk down their yeah. faces. Mustard. He's grabbing them. But up. Mr. Billy's breakfast, man, that's duck hunting at its finest, man. That You mm-hmm. get to go in and eat that breakfast. I just want to go back and eat it after a duck hunting that, duck hunt that's memorable. I... I hope people don't hear this and think, oh, you're just out there, you know, doing thinking that you know everything. I'm just saying that it's so awesome and magnificent to see mallard ducks in the light do what they do. Yeah. That hunt we had at Prairie Wings last year in that blue sky, we didn't think we were going to kill a duck until nine. Remember, we were like, yeah. man, where are they at? They were in here. What's going on? And then all of a sudden, it just freaking the light switch went on, and we're like, oh, wow. And we were, I mean, they were swimming by my feet. They were just lighting and lighting. I mean, it was amazing. You don't get that every day. No, and you guys, you actually get to see the ducks. You get to see, you know. I love, I love that part of the, I love the visual part of the, I love the audio part of it. And speaking of the audio part, do real quick a boss hand. Let's see. Don't don't change your positioning. Do a, do a fine hand. That is so ducky. Now do the boss. Two totally, I mean, it's unbelievable how ducky that boss in is. That's got to be my favorite duck to hear now. Boss in? I wish I could do it. How are you doing it? What I like about a boss in is, again, when they come around that corner and you feel like they're not doing anything, you're calling at them, they're not reacting, is you'll throw that boss in out, and I'll drag that boss in out like this. Nine times out of ten, you know, they're gonna do something. They're gonna, they're either gonna come in a hole or they're gonna continue to work, and and you're gonna fixing to get them, you know. But it is a deadly call. I mean, I love it. But, but throwing all kinds of different things together, like I said, thinking outside the box, you know. I I said it a little while ago. The biggest thing that I hear on a raft of ducks, when we when you're trying to replicate and you're trying to call ducks you need to replicate ducks that have been sitting on the water there's a video out on youtube it's called other ducks calling other ducks and you can go type it in and basically it comes up and there's there's this guy filming and and these ducks are flying over the top and about that time you hear that old boss hen sound off and she goes just like this and she'll drag it out And just goes from that boss hand back to the fee call. From the boss hand back to the fee call. And that's all she's doing. And then you'll hear that one, I guess, little small hand that swims by and is like, hey, mom, what you doing? Well, I'm calling at these other ducks right here. And, he'll, and that duck will sound off.
And you ever notice that when the ducks start, when they, they lock on and they start making that circle and transitioning, uh, Kent calls it happy ducks. That's what they started getting happy. Oh, look, we're fixing to come in. Who is these people? You know, it's kind of like us, you know, when somebody shows up, you know, I saw your face when I showed up, you were like, man, Chris is here. No, there, really. was some, there, was, there was somebody behind you. <laughs> I know. But anyways, I could, I could. So that was the fine there, that, that was, little young duck? Yeah, that was the fine. So anyways, the fine, coarse, raspy boss, you know, just throw that around. Use those, you know, as a tool of trying to make them commit, you know, thinking outside the box again. There's all kinds of things. There's no correct way for your cadences. There's not. There's not a correct way. There might be, okay, you've got a lonesome hen, you've got a greeting call, you've got a pleading call, um, help me out here, and you've got a hail call. You got a greeter, you got a pleading call, you have a feed chatter, you have a lonesome hen, you have mm -hmm. a quack, you have a bouncing hen, you have a lazy hen. Mm -hmm. Is that all of them? That should be. You have a double cut feed chatter? Um, you have the tree frog. You have the hiccup. Yep. God, I mean, I'm just on it. I know you are. Go ahead. So I mean, I'll take you got all I'll, those. I'll take mallard duck vocabulary for two hundred, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take right the pin is mightier. <laughs> Ever seen that? You ever seen Sean Connery on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> Will Ferrell's the host. If you haven't, go look up those Saturday Night Live. I'll take the penis mightier. <laughs> it's the pin is mightier. <laughs> oh God, that was so, so you funny. can take that arsenal and you can throw that around basically, and and you know use all those different ducks throwing around. <laughs> Just throwing all kinds of different ducks just around, just, you know, doing whatever you got to do. I mean, that's to me, that's whenever everybody says, get ducky on it. Get ducky on them. You're trying to sound like ducks. You know, first off, you hit that hell call and you get their attention. You get them in close. They're starting to get treetop level or in a field situation. They're starting to get, you know, tight within 40 yards, 50. Well, people are probably shooting them at 40 yards. I shouldn't even say 40 yards. But 40, 50 yards, they're still working. You're waiting for them to commit, and you're just getting ducky on them. I've killed a lot of ducks with a quack, just a quack, just single quack, and a lot of people don't even use that anymore. They won't go to a single quack. Flag quack. Oh, I love that. I'll do that a lot too as far as on that hiccup just you know again that's the confidence call getting them to sit down just kind of chill out y'all come in here 
it's like whenever you walk into the living room and you tell everybody, hey, look, find you a seat, you know. You want something to drink? You want something to eat? No, I'm good. I'm good. And you kind of just, it's a confidence deal. That's, I think that's the reason why people offer you drink and eat and stuff when you walk in the house. It's like, hey, look, it's cool to be here. It's the icebreaker. Yeah, it's an icebreaker. The icebreaker. The icebreaker. But, Run it a little bit. Let me hear some quacks and some, some just transition into some greeters and some chatter and everything. <laughs> Get them, boys. Y'all go to shooting. Y'all, y'all work in on them. What else do they say? <laughs> work on them. Work on them, boys. Pick you one. Y'all pick you one out. <laughs> y'all get get you some. Pick you one out. I, uh, what's that guy say with the dog? Um, uh, what on Canada? Yeah, he says stuff like this. When it's done, Clay Charlton. When it's ready and it's done, is, he thinks his dog's done retrieving. That'll do. That'll do. That'll, no, that is, not that'll do. That'll do. That'll do. That's cool though. Joel Wicker and can was that, you saw Joel on the show with me? He's up there and let's see if Joel answered his phone. Let's just see. Oh no. Let's just who who answered his phone on the last one? Was that uh was that um Marty? Marty? Joel Wicker's up there. He's like, what did he say to that damn dog? That'll <laughs> do. That'll do. That'll do. I like that. A lot. Really? Yeah. Are you gonna start using it? It's out of the box. It's not something everybody does. We've been trained as humans to do everything everybody else does. Why not just be your own personality, your own self? That's what's so cool about that guy. He's being his own self. He's doing whatever he wants to do. Yeah, I get that. Um, but don't you want to listen to what your dog trainer says? Yeah, I mean, I listen to my dog trainer. My dog trainer trains. I mean, I train my own dogs. So, you know, but, and I've used back the name. I uh, send the dog. On, on a blind on back. I call on a mark, I send her on her name. You know, I don't tell her sit, stay. One word, sit. When you sit, you should stay your butt there until I tell you to come here. It's one word. But, but you, Keeping it simple. Yeah, you should all, they don't move. If you say sit, you don't need to say sit again or they get. Well, I'm saying about stay. Stay. Other people will say sit, stay. Sit. Yeah. They, I just sit, say sit. That's just. That's how I teach my dog. But she, a lot of guys will go, sit, stay, stay. And they keep on saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, that and dog, you're, like, that, you're conditioning that dog. You're like, exactly oh, right. Oh, I can do whatever I want. He's just going to keep <laughs> saying stay. No, <laughs> sit. A lot of times they'll wait till like the sixth or seventh say, one. Remember Samuel Jackson in Pulp Fiction? Say what? One yeah, more. One more time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> say exactly. sit one more time. But that's the that's thing. That's what is, they do. They condition themselves and they, they actually will sit there and they – They'll start creeping, and until about that six one, they're like, "Oh no, I, th- I think he knows bus- he means business this time." I think I need to sit my butt down. But I mean, as far as in dog training, you know, um, like I said, sit, uh, heel, heel back, 
if I'm sitting there and I feel like she's in front of me and she's creeping the line and there's danger, like guns up above, I'll tell her to heel back and I'll, I'll do a uh, snap my fingers. And yeah. she immediately heels she'll back. Just, she'll just backpedal a minute. There's just, you know, I don't even know where I was going with this. No, we were talking about oh my Adel God, do. where am I at? Adel do. <laughs> That'll do. See, I got a good short-term memory, buddy. You need to take that'll some do. echinacea. That'll do. So, I think it's cool. I think it's cool that he says that'll do. That's, that's Clay more, Charlton that's up there at Take Him Outfitter. Yep. We started filming with him two years ago. He says that he has a waiting list of over 40 groups waiting to book a hunt with him in Canada. That's good. He can't, he's got 40 people waiting for a cancellation. 40 different groups of like six to eight, ten guys apiece. Hey. Not just because of us. He runs a first-class operation. But that's, that's what happens that's, when you take passion and you mix it with storytelling and you mix it with work ethic and you mix it with not cutting corners mm-hmm. and you mix it with more than caring about more than just killing a duck. Mm-hmm. People see his wife cooking her a badass lasagna, her, their daughters. They, they see the whole rigmarole up there, the scouting, the music, the camp life, all of that. All of that is what we live for. And now he's like, Blue Moore, he owns Flatline Outfitters in Oklahoma, same thing. Turning hunters away. Don't have enough property, don't have enough guides, whatever it is, he's just, he's full, they're booked. Because people see it and they want to live it. It's addictive, man. There's more. I'm more. not saying that we're the best at what we do, but we could be. We might be, we strive to be, you know, we, the foul life is different, just like these calls are different. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to do business with us or come to us with this idea if, if you didn't see something in it. It's not just another Me Too company, is it? No, no. I mean, I see you work. I see you work ethic. I see how you, you know, got passion and, you know, love duck hunting. I told you when, when basically in, in your house that you have, if anybody walks in there, they will know immediately that you are a duck hunter. You think <laughs> that so? That you love to hunt ducks. Yeah. And what that else? you love baseball. What else? What else can you, you tell? That you love baseball and that you love music. What kind of music? Is that, I mean, is that a fair, honest? And cooking. And cooking. And fine wine. Yeah. Neons. Neon moon. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so that's just so cool about this whole. Like I love said. the lifestyle. I, all, everything in this house is shaped because of the Mallard Duck. I've got my music influence through traveling the country and being around musicians. I've always loved Guns N' Roses. Don't get me wrong. But they motivate me to be to work harder. That's all they do. The other ones you see up here, I've met a lot of these people because of duck hunting. The cooks I've met, the chefs I've met, all of the all of the things that you see as far as that picture right there at Prairie Wings. A lot of the pictures you see in these tables that, that a lot of it that uh, my travels and my experiences at duck camps and, and working with our different partners and sponsors and the friends in the industry, they've shaped me to where I get to go and experience all of these different things because of ducks and i don't take any of that for granted that's why it's just hard for me to fathom somebody getting on the internet and going those guys suck at what they do they're prima donnas they get to hunt the finest but unless like man it's a lot of hard work don't hate no my my theory here my point is don't hate wake up earlier go to bed later work harder come up with an idea don't yeah. be a hater. Don't be a keyboard muscle and get on these forums and these message boards and run some. I mean, I've been called a cocaine addict online lots of times because why? Well, talk fast. I've never seen cocaine in real life. I'm 44. I've never seen cocaine in real life. I've never, ever in my life taken a drag off a cigar, a cigarette, a clove, a marijuana joint, anything. 
I've ch- ch- tried smokeless tobacco once in a while. I like it, barely ever do it. I like a cold beer and I like some whiskey once in a while. I've never done an illegal drug in my life. So, it's good. People can go on and say I'm a yeah. cokehead. They can. I've had friends in the industry that I thought were my friends. People are always going to talk. Jealousy, That's the biggest thing about it. Jealousy. Is. If somebody's doing good, they're going to get jealous and they'll talk. I mean, the thing about it is, is like you said, there's so much hate in this world right now. Where Everybody, I'm going, where I'm going with that though, Chris, is that you've had people go, "Oh, Belding's involved in this jargon company." You've read it. Yeah. 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 Is it going to change your mind on how good this duck call is? Or you're just not going to support the call company because you saw my name associated with it because you hate on me. You never even met me. Right. Meet me at Mac. Meet me at somewhere where you know I'm going to be and come up and say, hey, I'm the one that typed that. And let's just work it out. Let's see what happens. <laughs> let's have some fun. Yeah. Let's figure it out. Either you're and that's gonna, the thing about it is, though, I'm gonna make I think you, they'll realize that you are just another duck hunter and that you love it. and that. You or know. they're going to be a tough guy and try to fight me. And then I'm going to have my bodyguards on them. I got some, you see my bodyguards here mess around travel with the finest I don't think that I have that's the biggest thing they're not going to come and say shit to our face it's no. just like why be ignorant I mean guys that are tough and know how to fight don't go looking for a fight I've hunted with the toughest dudes in the world Dan Henderson Chad Mendez Uriah Faber I get to hang out with some of the toughest dudes in the world that you would never ever want to get in a street fight with I promise you they don't go looking for a fight. They don't talk shit. They're happy as hell all the time. They don't go online and hate on people. I've seen people hate on Chad Mendez because he hunts and he cooks wild game. People really? hate. Oh yeah, man. They tear him apart. Tear really? him apart. Yeah. He'll tell you that. He'll tell you that. They, they make fun of him. They call him names and he's, a, he's one of the nicest, sweetest, most energetic, positive, optimistic people in the world. You can't judge somebody that you don't know. I'm not saying that we don't burn bridges once in a while. I'm not saying that we have enemies. I, I don't care. I mean, that happens. It's it, life. People come in and out of your life all the time. Mm-hmm. We got on this tangent because of, I feel that this network and getting to go to places like Take em in Alberta or Buck Paradise with Barkley and Grant in Saskatchewan or Brandon's Woods in Arkansas, Oklahoma, I, you name it, we've hunted it. We've got to hunt a lot of places. Never got to hunt Habitat Flats. I love what Tony and Ira and those guys have done with Habitat Flats. I might be podcasting with Ira McCauley, the founder of Mo Marsh, and he's a veterinarian. He's one of the founders of Habitat Flats, one of the partners. You know Ira McCauley mm-hmm. and his brother. Yep. Um, I'd love to hunt with those guys. But you you might know, who knows if we have real what it's, they're doing what they're doing though is so badass what they've done with the habitat flats brand and the tony vandemore and people brand people hate you know that's people another thing too that people are hating on yeah. him and and habitat flats and so forth there's a big tantrum going on about ducks people, not getting to louisiana uh, yeah there's just you know come on guys I hey mean, if the ducks aren't getting to louisiana eat more crawfish what is that going to do you're going to be full if you ain't going to get your ducks, you better catch more crawfish. Yeah. Or how about this? I'll trade you some of my ducks for your crawfish. Yeah. You ever think about it that way? But back to what you're saying, go ahead. Is I is yeah. that I'm trying to shed humor on it because it's like, man, you're going to blame Tony Vandemore because the migration isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. And I hear that all the time is that they hate on him. And I'm just like, Tony's a nice dude. I've hung out with Tony. I haven't hung out with Tony He's in a long time. He's doing everything legal. Okay. Yep. He's not doing anything illegal. If, if. Um, if I had a guiding business and, you know, the, I was allowed to plant duck food legally. I would do. Why wouldn't I do it? Yeah, why not? Everybody is in the pursuit of happiness, trying to build their life, build their business, 
you know, whatever they're trying to do, why frown upon that? You know, no, what you can do is, is you get proactive in your area and figure out wh why, what's the reason, and there's always a reason. I mean, I came from Louisiana, and I know that there's more crawfishmen and there's more sugarcane farming than there's ever been in that state. And that does affect have, the duck numbers. Oh my God, yes it does. Yeah, big time. You know, I lived in Crowley. They, Crowley. Say it, they say it affects the duck numbers in California because of how many almond farmers there are now. Yeah. Because of almond milk and almond butter yeah. and almond this and all. And I all. can tell you this. The ducks don't come to Arkansas like they used to. No. They no. don't. They're, so they're, in every, they're in Oklahoma more. There's peanuts. Yeah. I mean, there's peanuts there. There's there's a lot of different factors that could go into it. What, and it comes in. It does come in cycles, too. Like, you know, this past year, the birds migrated to the west in Oklahoma and came down. I was told that in Texas, in way west Texas, where there was cactuses and cactus fields and stuff like that, that there was actually mallards because the water rose out there and flooded these areas, and there was mallards out there yep. and canvasbacks and pintails. So a duck is going to do what it's got to do. You ever think that you ever think of Montana as a duck hunt state? Yes. No, but I mean. Well, no. You, I, I, I before I saw primos kill them in the. But what? But you still watch but, one hunt. You do. There's so many mallard ducks in in Montana. You ever heard? You ever thought of eastern Wyoming as a duck no, hunting? The no. the very western border of Nebraska. I mean, no. the, the the Columbia Basin of Washington with all no. the corn up there. Oregon. You ever been down the I five corridor, the Willamette Valley, and all of that? Nope. And then, dude, there's there's so many ducks in that area. What about Idaho? You ever thought of the Snake River corridor in Boise, Idaho? You know the mallard ducks I've seen there. <laughs> that things can change. People, there, you just never know what you're going to get. You can't say Tony Vandemore changed the flyway, and then, dude, people are jealous because Habitat Flats has become an icon. It's become a national treasure almost. It's like the place where people want to go hunt mallard ducks it's or snow place. geese in the spring. It's, you know, Tony's they, had help along the way. There's been yeah, people that helped. Tony everybody has way. helped along the way. Everybody in their does. whole life. Tom Matthews and the he was the original founder of Avery. He believed in Tony back in the day and Tyson Keller and gave him their start pretty much in the snow goose world with, you know, and, and Freddie Zink helping design the snow goose full bodies for Greenhead Gear and Avery back in the day. They went up, filmed with Tony. All of a sudden, people see Tony and Tyson killing these things. People want to go hunting with them. They're killing two, three hundred snow geese a day. It puts them on the map. Yeah. Everybody has a, a, a foundation of you just can't forget that. And I don't think I think Tony comes from humble roots, humble beginnings with his grandpa was a duck hunter. His dad was a duck hunter. He was a baseball player and he's a duck hunter and he owns a very successful brand and business now. Markets himself good. Why hate on him? Figure out what you need to do to get there. Yeah, be proactive. Don't, hate on him. Don't know, tear him down. You're, the thing about it is, is you're spending more time hating on that person when you can be doing something proactive to better yourself in your life. 100%. Why sit there? Because here's why. Because in America, and I don't know if it happens in Europe or Russia or anywhere else, is they'll support you on the way up that ladder. And you're climbing that ladder, and they're like, go, Chad, go, Tony, go, Chris, go, 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 go. We're with you, man. We're rooting for you, patting you on the back. And then you get up there on that top rung, and you're standing up there, and you're like, man, all that hard work paid off. And then what happens? All these freaking rocks come at you because people mm -hmm. throw rocks at things that shine. That was a line in a freaking Taylor Swift song. She's a badass, mm -hmm. by the way. Mm -hmm. People hate on her. Mm -hmm. You're too skinny. You tall looking like that. Dude, she is a bad. Remember when she wrote Tim McGraw and walked out in the audience at the CMAs and said, hi, I'm Taylor Swift and sang Tim McGraw to Tim McGraw. Mm -hmm. And then look at her now. She sells out 75,000 seat arenas and shit. 
She sold out 49er Stadium in Palo Alto, California in like four minutes. People hate on her. People hate on everybody, man. People hate on the rock. People hate on shit. They throw rocks at things that shine because they don't know where, how to shine. Figure out how to shine. Yeah, just do it. Tony Shine. This is America. There's a lot you can of people. Do anything. A, anything. Don't anything hate on want. somebody. I remember back in the day when I did a photo shoot where I was in an alley and I had a bandana on, I had glasses on, and I did things different. I wasn't standing up against a tree with a red man in my cheek and. <laughs> I just did things different. I'm from the city. I don't claim to be from Arkansas. I don't claim the adopted son of the South. There ain't no doubt about it. But I'm from the city. I'm from Reno, Nevada. I grew up around casinos and freaking. I, I was in the mountains chasing mule deer and chucker. I didn't start duck hunting until I was in my mid 20s. I'm not afraid to admit it. I didn't grow up doing it. Probably be better at it now if I did, but I love it. So I did things different. Started banded calls, started banded, put on a bandana, had an escort shotgun around, had yeah. my lanyard on, my, my sunglasses, and I, had, I was in an alley by dumpsters where homeless people live, taking a photo shoot. Thought it was cool. It was like civilization meets the country, and it was just like, it was the banded nation. It was the start of it. That was in 2008. I was doing photos, and people still pull those pictures up and oh, talk yeah. shit about me. Oh, yeah. You thug, you yeah. wannabe, you cokehead, you piece of shit, you this and you that. And I'm like, what? Man, I get to go to Canada for three weeks in October, and I get to hunt every day, and I get to have fun, and I'm humbled by it. And I get to bring military vets. I get to bring nine-to-fivers. I get to bring musicians. I get to bring doctors. I get to bring pilots. I get to hunt with tons of different walks of life. I get to hunt with celebrities. I get to hunt with master chefs. What's, I mean, why talk shit about it? it it's, it's fun. It's a good life. Don't hate on it. Do something to get there. Figure it out. I don't hate on anybody that's successful because I'm like, man, that's badass. You're making it. Keep going. Keep running it. Sometimes you get down and you're like, man, those guys are kicking ass. I want to I wanna be better. But it just, dri it just drives me to strive for more. Drive to strive. I'm driven to succeed. I want to drive and strive for more all the time. And I don't know. I just don't look at it like... I don't look at it like I see somebody making it. I mean, I, I got people in my circle and my network where I'm just like, oh, dang, man, I'm never going to get to that level. And then I sit down with them and I'm like, that ain't no level. They're just a dude. Mm -hmm. George Brett just called me. I used to drive from here to Oakland, California, when the Kansas City Royals would come to play the Oakland Athletics, Ricky Henderson in left field, Dave Henderson in center, Carney Lansford at third. I can name, I used to be able to name all the A's. The Royals were Brett Saberhagen on the mound. George Brett would play left field then, third base a little bit, first base a little bit, right field some, Bo Jackson in left or center. UL Washington, Frank White. They had they had some studs, and they'd come and they'd play. We'd sit in the right field bleachers. We were so poor, but my mom and dad worked their asses off. My mom became a nurse practitioner, got her master's degree in nursing after she had three boys at the age of 22. My dad was a union plumber for 34 years before he died at 54 years old. Used to drive us in a Ford Escort car or a 1972 Ford F-250 truck. And drive to Oakland, California with three boys with our Kansas City Royals hats on. And we'd yell out and make signs for George and Bo Jackson. You, you see Bo Jackson oh, yeah. behind me? George Brett over there? Now I'm friends with him. I get to hunt with him. I get to go to George's house and podcast with him in a couple weeks. 
because of duck hunting, because I don't talk shit about people. I don't sit there and run them through the mud. I support them. And George saw that in me. I know me and George are friends. George Brett called me tonight. That just makes me have goosebumps. No pun intended. I'm like, wow, that's George Brett. First ballot hall of famer, the pine tar incident, the I shit my pants story on YouTube. It's George freaking Brett. Sorry, I'm getting fired up. It's George (laughs) Brett. He is the only player in baseball history to win a batting title in three different decades. Really? Think about that. I'm not a huge baseball fan, but think I can about tell you that. This. You know the longevity in a career you I have know. to have to win three batting titles in three different decades. Just to win one batting title is unreal. To do it three times in three different decades, to to be 20 years into your career and still be the best hitter in baseball. He was the last person to almost hit 400, hit 391 in a season, and they pulled him out. He'll tell the story on the podcast. It's an amazing story. But I'm just saying, like, I get to meet those kind of guys. But people hate on me. But why i don't i don't understand like and i'm not crying i don't care it ain't no pity party i could give a i could give a rat's ass you're gonna hate on me i'm just saying get to know somebody figure it out don't just get on the internet and say that i snort cocaine because i talk fast how do you know that i'm just wired that i'm just full of fun and passion I, don't, I think people I, would say the same thing about Freddie, dude. Freddie's wide open too, man. He's who, like Freddie you. King. Yeah, he's. Oh, I'm sure he's he wide open too, man. It's just he's got a he's got a dream. He's got a you know he's got a direction of what he where he's going, and he he's a worker, dude. He's working just like you. I mean, think about it, is man. Like you said, you know, just don't hate. I mean, it's just it's it's a waste of time. Yeah, and take energy. that time. And go do, go use that time wisely to pursue something that you want to pursue because you can be anything. You really can. I know a lot of people sit there and they think that, you know, they're stuck at a job or they're, you know, they can't do this, they can't do that. I mean, any place you want to hunt, any shotgun you want to have, anything you want, you can get as long as you work for it. I mean, it's the truth. Work ethic. Yeah. Go to work. I don't have everything I want in life, but but I'll tell you this. What I do, what I'm starting to learn as I get older is that there's, you know, a few things that I need, and that's it. And that's my family, you know, basically a good place to lay my head at night, a good car to get me, a, a reliable car to get me from A to, a to B, and some food in my belly. I got some good friends <laughs> that live down the street. I got a good-looking woman with their arms around me. Oh no! Sing it. Living us. Come on, sing it. I can't. That's that whole song's about having having what you need and not what you want. I know. And that and it's called homegrown. And that and that that being around Zach humbles me. Talking, listen to what you're saying right now humbles me. It's like that's what you. That's what life's all about is getting what you need, working for it. It is. Dude, even the richest people in the world have the same problems we got. They got more problems. Yeah. More More money, more problems. Yep. Yep. I'm just saying, it's like you can't just sit there and go, oh, he's rich. Oh, he's got money. He's got it made. No, he had no. to work his ass off. There's to get somewhere that. deep inside that he's struggling in a place to all the struggle, all the struggle day in and day out. I mean, but the thing about it is, is man, be happy for where you're at because you don't never know when tomorrow's your last day. You know, my buddy was in a doctor uh, yesterday. He's still in the doctor. His little girl has a problem with her bladder. Uh, you know, baby girl has to worry about a problem with her bladder, and you know he's. He's having to deal with that right now in his life. You know, so like you never know what somebody else is going through. You never know their situation. And don't assume that you think you know their situation because you don't. And just be happy and pursue what you want to pursue and go after it because you can get it.
I mean, it's just, it's. I would have never thought I'd be sitting there doing a podcast with you two years ago. No. You know, I mean, it's you know so, and that's the thing with our duck calls is is we're not saying that you know our duck calls are the best in the world, by no means. We're just saying we tried our best at producing the best product that you know we could we can do with our god-given talent and this is what we come up with and we're proud of it yeah and it's just like here you go it's like i can't even think of the steve the the guy that invented apple i can't even think of his name right now do you know what i'm talking about i know you're talking about but i'm not good with names so i'm not I'm, can't. I, I can't be that guy i just can't be that guy i have so many names in my head right now apple founder Okay, Steve Jobs, billionaire, right? These phones were that were always on. Um, hold on, sure, I'm just looking up some. Um, Steve Jobs, billionaire, died a couple years ago. The people that make it and have all the money in the world you still don't know what's going to happen in your life. You don't know what you're going to have to adapt to. You don't know what diseases you might get. You don't know if you're going to get sweet P Whitaker, 55 years old, one of the best defensive boxers of all time goes out and gets hit by a car and killed yesterday. You just never know. It don't matter if you're a multimillionaire, you still got to live with those same values. Yeah. Respect people. Don't talk shit. Sit there and, it used to bother me so much to hear all that stuff being said. And it might still a little bit because you work so hard and you want something and you give back so much, you want everybody to like you. And that's my problem is that I need to get to the point to where my give a <laughs> is full. I ain't got any more F's to give. You know, I got to get to that point because you can't please everybody. You're going to die no matter how rich you are. The richest people in the world don't live longer. They just don't. No, they don't. They don't. You got to live life to the fullest. You got to take care of your family. You got to love hard. You got to fight hard. You got to you got to live with passion. You got to live with care. And and things will come your way. The harder you work, the luckier you get, in my opinion. And you will create your own luck by working hard. And the harder you work, and the more you open your mouth, and the more you're nice to people, doors will open. Hundred percent. Doors will open. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. And that's the thing is that I just don't understand why people. It's so easy to get a message out now on these message boards and this internet and the content and social media. You see a picture of something online and you're like, I'm going to say something negative about that because that's not me. I've gotten to the point now to where it's just like, look, man, if you don't like it, then you say something negative, I will. block you. I will. Block you. <laughs> you don't get to see no more of my stuff. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. No more playing, dude. You can't play in this playground no more. You don't want to see my content? You don't want to see our content? It's some of the best in the industry, hands down. Hands down, our TV shows produce some of the best in the industry. You can't argue that, can you? No. I bet you Michael Waddell would even say that's one hell of a produced TV show. That's good content that y'all put out. It's not being arrogant to say that. It's just having confidence. We are some of the best producers in the, in the outdoor industry. Jim Shockey and his son, badasses, some of the best. There's some shows that are produced, like you, you, you have Pat Nicole, Pat Reeves, best videographer, they, they're doing unreal job. Lee and Tiffany doing unreal job. Mark Womack and, 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 and uh, Seven, I don't even, I was gonna say Seven Bucks Productions, but that's The Rock, but I can't even think of Womack's production company. They do a hell of a job on their shows. But we, we're, not, we're no slackers. And people are gonna talk shit, I'm just like, you don't wanna see it, then don't, then don't watch it. 
you're going to regret not seeing it because you're going to miss something. That's the way I look at it. I just want to get along. I want people to understand that it's a lot of work to do this. Have appreciation for it. There's, oh, a lot a lot to, there's a lot to there's a lot to come out of this network, and some people don't appreciate it. They know who they are, and they always get bit. The bee's always going to find its freaking honey. I promise you that. And I'm a bee that's going to find the honey, but you're going to get bit along the way by me because I'm not going to. I I don't want to sit around and just sit there and, and, and have the mindset, Chris, of like that we don't deserve what's coming our way. We work hard. We've earned it. And in America, you have a choice. You either work hard and try to earn some. Or you go after that participation award, and I don't believe in that. No, I don't either. I don't believe in everybody gets treated equal. No, I don't either. I don't believe in that. And having kids opens my eyes because you want so bad for them to be happy and safe and secure and provide for them. And then you go to one of their practices or you go to one of their MMA practice, uh, set, you know, instructional classes and you see them get kicked or you see them get not picked or you see them uh, not be the first one or the best and you're like it hurts a little bit and then you go you know what that's good for them Mm -hmm. you got to fail to succeed that's right I've fallen down so many times and smacked my head on a sidewalk dude and woke up and went man I better figure it out Michael Jordan was the one that said it man the number one thing I did to become a champion was fail that's the first thing that he says you know I mean that's not the first thing he said but Michael Jordan failed a lot coming up and look what he, he became arguably the best athlete in American history. Hey, Donald Trump failed a lot. <laughs> Who? Donald Trump failed a Trump lot. Trump train. You on that Trump train? I don't even want to get into Donald Trump oh, no. and what people say about him. And like, but but he, just, he lays it out. He told him, told him today, basically, that if you don't want to live here, <laughs> then get on out. Then get on out. Then I'm not saying out. you can't come back. I'm not saying that we won't and take you back. I'm just saying, saying if you don't want to be here, and it's true. 100%. It's like if somebody's in my house and they're like, I just don't like being here. Well, I mean, just leave. Don't let the door hit you. So, um, I mean, like I said, it's, you know, I think too many people nowadays, it's the same thing with the cops and stuff. Everybody's scared to say anything because they're worried about, you know, what's going to happen to them. Um, there should be no reason why in this in this country that the cops you know policemen you know men in uniform i should have to worry about all the things they have to worry about no it's brutal it's brutal what people get it's it's you 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 come to my property and you graffiti up my fence you get your hand broken yeah that's why i look at it no let's just slap them on the wrist and let them go and the next thing you know Mm -hmm. they're still in the car do let them go now they're armed again. robbery and it's again. just like no i ain't putting up with that shit you come on my property that i worked hard for and you try to break in my house you get smoked you try to graffiti up my fence that i worked hard to build you get your hand broken that's how it should be in my opinion mm-hmm. people are going to be like yeah you're an asshole no it's too easy to get away with shit mm-hmm. it's too easy to say stuff about people and not have to pay the consequences it's terrible well, that's, well, say stuff. You know, the thing about man, we've stuff, really got on some tangents now. We were talking about feed yeah. chatters, <laughs> but I mean, saying stuff. You know, you know, sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. So everybody needs to remember that too. Is you know, hey, look, as long as somebody's not coming at you physically, they're saying words. Keep on, keep that that truck or that like will ferrell says just keep on trucking keep on keeping on like jerry jeff walker says keep on keep on stay in your lane yep stay in your lane listen to a brent cobb record just listen to brent cobb's record providence canyon just listen to it the dust is going to settle i'm going to keep on keeping on i'm going to stay in my lane i'm going to bear the load i'm going to take responsibility for this i'm going to have a cold just listen to me just listen to them lyrics on providence island or providence canyon 
by Brent Cobb and 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 check him out. What a podcast! This has been kind of fun. We've just started just a lot of different topics, and then but jargon duck calls is what we were getting yeah. on. I want to do one more podcast tomorrow, and I just want to go over a bunch of sounds of how you're getting the sounds and what you're. What are you trying to do to that call? Are you trying to open it? No, I was just taking the band and I was moving the band around. Have you ever so. been in a band? No. Have you ever been in a boy band? Nope. Who's your favorite boy band of all time? 98 Degrees, In Sync, Backstreet Boy. I know you're a Backstreet fan. No. Matchbox 20, probably. That's not a boy band. <laughs> Rob Thomas, you better watch your mouth. <laughs> you ain't no boy band. Uh, no, I don't. My, I was raised up on country. Hank Williams Jr. I'm going to see him. He's coming here in a couple mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah. Keith Whitley, in my opinion, has oh. the clearest voice ever. He's beautiful. Merle Haggard's voice is better, in my opinion. So is Jamie Johnson's and Waylon Jennings. But I love no, they Keith have a Whitley. good voice. I love Keith. He's so clean. I agree. He's he unreal. Just, it's, and it's, like I said, it's just a clean voice. It's very clean. When you say nothing at all, old Mr. Webster song. could never define what's being said between your like heart and my... Like Conway 22. Oh, ah, you want a man with a slow hand. And then I like you that. want a lover with an easy touch. God, what's that You want somebody that will take his time. Who sings Lady Lay Down? Not come and go in a heated rush. Was that Kenny Rogers? No. Lady, not Lady LA, Lady Lay Down. Yeah. I don't know that song, I don't think. Kenny sang Lady. No, it's not. Kelly. You got to know when to hold, when to hold on. Know when to fool, when to fool on. Know when to walk away, know when yeah. to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting. Well, we done run off on a hole. When the dealing's done. <laughs> I'll end it with saying, I've been throwing horseshoes. Now, who's saying that one? Merle. Yep. Over my left shoulder. That's the way love goes. That's a country song right there. Yeah, it is. I've spent most all my life looking for that four-leaf clover. Yeah, you run with me. You talk about four leaf clothes. Chasing my my rainbow. My little girl found seven or eight four leaf clovers at the shop one day. Swear. Really? Swear. At the call shop? Yeah. The call shop. She kept on coming in with another four leaf clover. We're like, what? She was making them out of paper machine. No, but (laughs) she was finding them. I can't believe it. That's badass. That's lucky for us. I know. That's lucky in love. Yep. So, yeah. It's been fun. We're going to do another podcast tomorrow. We're doing a photo shoot tomorrow. We filmed 11 unbelievable jargon duck call calling instructional tips today that you will be able to find on the Foul Life, a new branding video we're getting ready to release, as well as on our YouTube, our Instagram. We're going to have some on IGTV, Facebook. We want to get this instruction out there. And um, we got some other exciting news when it comes to instruction and content with duck calling, becoming a better duck call operator, goose call operator. We got a lot of plans with jargon, don't we, Chris? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Guys, this life ain't for everybody. Ours might not be for you. Yours might not be for us, but we can still be buddies and share a duck blind and a campfire and a cold beer, cold bush beer, cold bush light. This episode 
is about to be brought to you by Bushlight. Not this right here, but this podcast. They're getting ready to be a partner of ours. We've been with a lot of Anheuser-Busch brands, and we're staying with them with Budweiser, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra. Now we're adding Bush and Bush Light. We're proud of that. St. Louis, Missouri, Anheuser-Busch. But today's episode is brought to you by the North American Whitetail Championships. Title sponsor is Michael Waddell's Bone Collector from down there in Booger Bottom, Georgia. With T-Bone and Nick Munt, the Bone Collector crew, badasses. Michael Waddell is absolutely the best TV host of all time in the outdoor world. I'm not kidding you. He can do anything. That son of a bitch could go and host a game show. He's better than any game show host there is right now. I mean that. He could, I've seen him host the Golden Moose Awards. He's just a natural. He could go do, take Pat Sajak and Vanna White be like, Pat, get the hell out of here. I want Michael Waddell up in here. He would marry Vanna White within five minutes. That's how good Michael Waddell is. Do you believe me? Do you believe that? Yeah, I do. He's that good. He'd be like, let's make a deal. Or, Who wants to be a millionaire? He'd have that funny voice going on. Be awesome. He's, Michael he's Waddell's t- bone collector. He's touched on this stuff that we touched on today. He touches too. on it all the time. He's good at it. He gets on there and he's all boisterous up on his soapbox mm-hmm. down there in Georgia. He's like a maestro. Y'all better listen to me. Bone Collector, the title sponsor of the 2019 North American Whitetail Championships. Join him at NAWTC.com. Get signed up. $300 is going to get you a chance to qualify to win that $50,000 grand prize. Get your introductory gift basket of a Tacticam and that Gator Coolers Tumbler, peep sights and broadheads, everything else to accessorize your bow. It's all archery all the time. $50,000 is up for grabs plus several other prizes. Support the partners of the 2019 North American Whitetail Championships. Steve and Clint at Wicked Outfitters in the great state of Kansas are doing one heck of a job getting that thing all put together. Today's episode is also brought to you by jargon game calls join us at jargongamecalls.com check out the small talk or the loud mouth or the icebreaker bunch of new calls being introduced to the market in the calendar year of 2019 look for all of the jargon calls on the new episodes of the foul life season 11 benelli's the foul life exclusively airing on the outdoor channel right now guys from july to december we're excited about the new episodes we're getting ready to hit the road to start filming for season 12 we're headed to texas first to hunt teal with mr terry Demon and mike morgan and the mojo crew mr skip knowles has also joined us he's the publisher the editor-in-chief of wildfowl magazine and predator nation magazine as well as some other ones and then we're headed to Canada. Buck Paradise Outfitters, the North and South Lodge again, as well as Take em Outfitters in Alberta with Clay and Crystal Charlton. We're fired up about that. So Jargon's going along for the ride with all of us. Look for that J in that box, kind of like the B in that box for Banded. And um, today's episode is also brought to you by the baddest-ass shotguns ever made, Benelli. Made in Italy, distributed in America by Benelli USA. Check out the new Super Black Eagle Three and all of the badass just i'm telling you guys this gun is so light with no recoil cycles like a dream no more click on that first shot because the action isn't closed benelli's taking care of that with the new and improved action the inertia system and the comfort tech system is so awesome the grip it just is so sleek in your hands feels like a golf club or a baseball bat they have outdid themselves again just when you thought that a shotgun couldn't get better with the super black eagle 2 they say, we're coming out with a new Super Black Eagle. I'm like, yeah, right. You can't make that gun better. And boom, voila, there it is, the Super Black Eagle 3. They just put out the 828 Sport. They got the Ethos and the 28, the 20, the 12. Awesome guns, guys. Check them out, BenelliUSA.com. 
They are the title sponsor of the Foul Life, and they do so much for here. We are so humbled to have them. You talk about an iconic brand adding credibility. I hope Jargon does that to somebody someday. That people are like, man, we got Jargon. This is awesome. I know. This is awesome. Frank the Tank. <laughs> God, I love that movie Old School. I love the movie Super Bad, and I love the movie Wedding Crashers. I love the movie Fletch and Caddyshack. Should I jump ship in Hong Kong? I worked my way over to Tibet. I got on this course as a looper over there in the Himalayas. A looper. You know, caddy, jock, pro. Is caddy you know, the looper. one where he says, keep the eye on the melon? <laughs> the what? Keep your eye on the melon. <laughs> Fifteen tola gush, the wind in his eyes, I guess. He oh, he got all of that one. Oh, dude, that's so funny, though, when he gets the Dalai Lama on the first tee. He comes out there in his robes, slippers, cigars, striking, right? Should we get out to the first hole in the... Llama asked me for his driver. Heavy hitter to Llama. So he hauls off and whacks one. <laughs> I can't, I know it all. This is so funny. Bill Murray and Chevy Chase were genius in that movie. Uh, I love comedies, man. I love The Godfather. I love Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. I don't agree with a lot of their political views, but I absolutely love The Godfather and the best of all times, Quentin Tarantino, do Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Inglorious Bastards. He wrote True Romance, but that's not considered one of his movies. Now he's got his ninth movie coming out. I just saw. It's got Leonardo DiCaprio in it. It's going to be bad to the bone. Yeah. Oh, Reservoir Dogs, Inglorious Bastards, Kill Bill 1 and 2. Huh? Are you serious? Have you seen Kill Bill 1 and 2? No, I haven't, actually. What? Uh-uh. Oh, man. It's unreal. He's got His movies are just awesome. But anyway, going off on another tangent. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for supporting our partners and sponsors. Join us at thefowllife.com, thislifeaintforeverybody.com, jargongamecalls.com, banded.com, averyoutdoors.com. We're very humbled by the success of the brands. Thank you all very much for the support. Check out any of our dealers that carry Banded and Jargon across the country. And new apparel is available right now. New merchandise on all of our websites. Thank you very much for wearing those shirts, those hoodies, those hats, their beanies. And thank you so much for buying our duck calls here at Jargon. We're so proud of it. New guests coming up pretty soon. I just let one out of the bag with George Brett, but there's others in the MMA world, the cooking world. I'm excited as heck. The music world. Y'all keep listening to This Life Ain't For Everybody. I'm Chad Belding for Chris Cifrio, co-founder of Jargon Game Calls. Chris, you got any closing words? I'm pretty much good. Well, thank you very much. We talked about everything. Hey, Elvis, we got to win this race. (laughs) We got to win this race. Elvis, you want some lemonade? Lemonade. That cool, refreshing drink. Huh? You don't remember Eddie Murphy? Elvis couldn't act. They just let him sing his lines. He'd become an actor. Elvis, we got to win this race. We got to win this race. You don't remember that shit? That's true. He goes, I don't even want to go into Eddie Murphy delirious. You talk about hilarious. Humming, 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 humming. Aunt Bunny falling down the stairs. Now that's a fire. Get the fire. Roll your brother around. Put him out. Guys, thank you very much. Tom, hit that button. Leith Lofton, written by him and Drake White. What you going to do when the money's all gone? It's our anthem. Listen to the words, boys and girls. Thank you all very much. Hope you all enjoyed that. We'll see you all back here at This Life Ain't For Everybody very soon. Take care. Say life on earth won't last that long. What you going to do? Honey's all gone.